Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about opening your eyes to a new view of life. And thanks for joining us today. What an exciting time of the year. I'm so optimistic about this upcoming year. And hopefully, your goals and aspirations for this year are filling you with excitement and positivity as well. I'm also excited about this upcoming year for this Open Your Eyes podcast. We have some new and exciting things coming in the new year, so stay tuned. And to you new listeners, welcome. I hope today you'll get a better view of your place in the world and how you can live to your potential. And when you're done listening today, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite channel so you can automatically get the next podcast as it's released each week. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk about putting the big rocks in your life first. On November 23rd, 2021, the SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket was preparing to take off. Now, the Falcon 9 is a reusable two-stage rocket manufactured by SpaceX to transport people and payloads into space. And the Falcon 9 is the world's first orbital-class reusable rocket. Now, reusability means that you can refly the most expensive parts of the rocket again, which in turn drives down the cost of space access. Well, sitting atop the rocket last November was a $324 million project called DART. DART stands for Double Asteroid Redirection Test. Now, you may not realize it, but each day about 100 tons of rock and stone fragments that were floating in space fall on the Earth. Almost all are too small to do significant damage. But we should worry about space rocks crashing to Earth because scientists only know about 40% of the asteroids that have potential to hit the Earth. The rest have yet to be identified. The most famous asteroid crashed to the Earth millions of years ago, causing the extinction of the dinosaurs. And finding space rocks that may hit the Earth is a priority for scientists today, given the catastrophic loss of life that could happen. Now, if an asteroid were to hit the Earth, dust and smoke rising in the atmosphere would prevent sunlight from reaching our world and cause temperatures to drop. And this would lead to the death of many things. And if an asteroid the size of an apartment building hits the Earth, it would destroy a small city. If an asteroid the size of a 20-story building hits the Earth, it would destroy a small country. The largest known asteroid in space is Ceres, which is 600 miles wide. And if Ceres were to hit the Earth, nothing would survive. On June 30th, 1908, a 40-meter asteroid hit the Tunguska region of Siberia. And this impact flattened an estimated 80 million trees over an area of 820 square miles. And the shock wave knocked people off their feet hundreds of miles away. Seismic stations as far away as the United States and Europe measured the shock wave. Several decades ago, in Silicaga, Alabama, Ann Hodges was taking a nap on the couch. Suddenly, a rock slammed into the house, punched a hole in the roof, hit a radio, carooned off, and smacked into the hand and hip of Mrs. Hodges. It left a giant bruise on her side. After recovering and getting medical treatment, Anne claimed ownership to the space rock. But her landlord, Bertie Gay, claimed it was his since it landed on his property. At the time, because of the news and fascination with the event, the rock 
and a companion space rock that fell nearby were in high demand and worth a lot of money. Well, a lawsuit followed and Ann Hodges won, but so much time had passed that the value of the rock had diminished along with the story's interest. Finally, Ann donated the rocks to the local museum. So to know if a space rock could be falling on your house, scientists must detect asteroids and track them. And this is almost an impossible task given the immensity of space. And once detected, then they must find a way to keep the space rocks from hitting the Earth. But how do you do that when an asteroid is traveling at such high speeds with such great force? Well, that's the purpose of DART, to test a question. And that question is, can you redirect a large asteroid? DART is targeting a moonlet of the asteroid Didymos. Didymos is a 780 meters wide asteroid, about 20 times the size of the one that hit Siberia. The moonlet traveling Didymos is about 160 meters wide. So sometime next year, DART will collide with the moonlet when it is within 11 million kilometers of Earth. And the theory is to hit that asteroid at an angle, not head on, and use the momentum of the asteroid to veer it, to push it off in a different direction. Asteroids are small rocks left over from the formation of our solar system four and a half billion years ago. And if you think about it, our solar system is made up of big rocks like our moon and smaller rocks like the asteroid Ceres and tiny rocks that hit the Earth every day. The largest object in our solar system, of course, is the sun, and it would take 1.3 million Earths to fill the size of the sun. Then there are eight planets. The largest is Jupiter, as you know. And there are over 200 moons in our solar system. Saturn has 82 moons. These are huge space rocks orbiting larger objects. Scientists know of 1.1 million asteroids and 3,700 comets in the solar system, and there are likely tens of millions of tiny rocks. So imagine, if you were to begin the study of our solar system and decided to do so by focusing on the tiniest rocks floating throughout space, you'd miss the sun and the magnificent way it keeps the solar system in order. You would miss the fact that the red spot on Jupiter is a storm bigger than the Earth. And you would miss all of the big rocks because you focused on the tiny rocks first. Likewise, we often approach our life, our business, and our goals without focusing on the big rocks, without focusing on the most important and leveraged activities. But if you look at people who reach their goals or build a prospering business, you find most of those people have become skilled at concentrating on the big rocks. The origin of the Big Rocks concept is unknown, but it was popularized by Stephen Covey. He tells this story. An expert on the subject of time management was lecturing to a group of business school students, and to drive home a point, he used an illustration those students will probably never forget. Standing in front of a classroom filled with self-motivated overachievers, he pulled out a one-gallon, wide-mouthed mason jar and set it on the table. Then he produced a half a dozen fist-sized rocks and carefully placed them one at a time into the jar. When the jar was filled to the top and no more rocks would fit, he asked, is this jar full? Well, everyone in the class said yes. He said, really? Then he reached under the table and pulled out a sack of gravel and he slowly began dumping the gravel in, pausing to shake the jar as he did so the gravel could work itself down into the spaces between the big rocks. 
Then he smiled and asked the group once more, is the jar full? Well, some of the students were starting to catch on. Probably not, one of them called out. Good, he replied. Next, he reached under the table and brought out a bag of sand. And he started shaking the sand in and sifted it down into all the spaces left between the rocks and the gravel. He then dumped out the jar and took the sand and put it back in first. Then the gravel and tried to put in the rocks, but all of the rocks didn't fit. The lesson to the students that day, you have to put the big rocks in first. And our life is the same. Like the mason jar, we only have so much emotional and mental capacity. We only have so much time in our day. And we can only fit so many things in our life. And oftentimes, when we set a New Year's goal, we tend to focus on the sand, the small things, and we never get to the big rocks or actions that can make all the difference. For example, let's say you're building a business and trying to bring customers into your business. What is one thing that if you did that one thing well would make all of the difference? Well, the likely answer is having an ongoing source of leads of new customers, right? So if that's the case, then the majority of your time should be focused on that one thing, right? Let's say you want to lose weight and get into better shape. What's the big rock? Well, for you, it might be finding a surefire way to be consistent in exercise. So the big rock may be finding a partner who will go with you to the gym each and every day. That way you won't skip workouts. Well, you get the picture. But determining The big rocks, finding the big rocks, and deciding on what they are isn't always easy. In 15 seasons in the National Football League, Hall of Fame quarterback Steve Young redefined the position of quarterback as a double-edged sword, carving up teams with his arm and his legs. But Young battled with severe anxiety. He said the only place he didn't feel anxiety, strangely enough, was on the football field. It was in the hours and days waiting and preparing for football where he had anxiety. Young actually began his pro career in 1984 in the short-lived USFL Football League, where he quickly earned another nickname before he stepped on the field for the LA Express. That nickname was the $40 million man. You see, he signed the biggest contract in history of pro sports at the time, but he was continually tormented by it. It was brutal, Young said. The idea that I had to carry this horrific, in my mind, weight of being highly paid and the expectations that came with that, it just felt like too much. In the summertime, Young would retreat back to Utah and live with his sister who was in college just to get away from the stress of football. Well, when the USFL folded two years later, Young headed to Tampa Bay and then to the 49ers. And he played backup to Joe Montana, who was a saint in San Francisco. And that only added to the voices roaring inside Young's head. Only one of his teammates knew the extent of Young's anxiety. That was tight end Brent Jones. And Jones thought, this guy's the man. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, Jones said. What does he have to be anxious over or fearful of? Well, Jones became Young's roommate and confidant. And before each game played at Candlestick Park in San Francisco, the players would stay the night before at the airport Marriott Hotel. Over the years, Young and Jones stayed in the same room each time, room number 9043. And from that room's window, 
Jung could watch the planes coming and going, and this had sort of a calming effect on him. And while the other players played cards or had big meals, Jung would watch the same movie, City Slickers, every time. He didn't want to watch football. He just wanted to watch City Slickers. Jones said, I'm like, dude, are we going to watch City Slickers again? Well, Young tells the story that partway through the movie, Billy Crystal and Jack Palance are riding along, and Jack tells Billy, only one thing matters and holds up one finger. One thing, he says. Using, shall we say, somewhat colorful language, Palance goes on to explain that he means that only one thing matters in life. And Crystal says, that's great, but what's the one thing? And Jack responds, that's what you got to figure out. Even when watching the movie multiple times, Steve didn't know what his big rock, what his one thing was. In the first few years of the 49ers, he struggled. He hated being a backup to Joe Montana. It drove his anxiety even more because he wanted to be on the football field. Then one day, he found himself sitting beside Stephen Covey on a flight to Utah. And he shared his situation with Covey, even though he felt like a whiner venting all of his issues. But Covey listened. Then he started asking Steve some questions. He said, now, Joe Montana's still on the team, right? Yeah, Young said. That's part of the problem. I understand, he said, but you get to ask him questions, right? In other words, he'll mentor you. Well, yeah, said Young. And the 49ers are one of the best organizations in football. The gold standard, Covey asked. And Mike Holmgren is one of the best, right? Best quarterback coach in the league, right? He paused for a moment. And Covey said, I, I think you may be looking at your situation the wrong way. What do you mean, asked Young. Then Covey went on to explain that he traveled the world in search of organizations that created opportunities for employees to become their very best. I got to be honest with you, Steve, he said. I don't know that I've seen an organization better than the organization that you're in. And few people in the world get to find out how good they are at one thing, he said. They're stuck somewhere in life where they don't have the opportunity or the platform to find out. Young thought to himself, I had never looked at it like that. So here's the question, Covey asked. Do you want to find out how good you can get? Young replied, yeah, I do. Covey said, I mean, some people are just afraid to find out. Young replied, no, I absolutely want to find out. Then Stephen said to him, then go and do it. Young said that day, he found his one thing. It was to be grateful and find out how good he could get. And when he stopped looking at everything else going on around him, all the things he didn't like, and started to be grateful for his circumstance and focused on his one thing, everything changed for him. And he would go on to be the league MVP and win a Super Bowl. You see, when you find your one thing, everything does change. Perhaps your one thing right now in life is to be humble or grateful or disciplined. But I promise you, if you've set a bunch of New Year's goals and not decided on your one thing, you'll likely struggle. You see, finding your one thing, your big rock, it does several things. First, you get clear about where to focus and how to spend your time. You let go of the long list of small things you have to do. You get energized by the idea of doing one thing exceptionally well. 
You waste less time. You feel more confident. You attract others to your cause. You get more inspired because you focus deeply on something. And in the end, you're more likely to succeed. Now, I call the one thing the big rocks. And often, there are a few big rocks to put into your life first. And I hope that you've identified them for 2022. In the 1890s, an Italian economist named Vilfredo Pareto observed that 80% of the wealth in his country was controlled by just 20% of the population. And this realization led to a theory that plays out in many areas of life. It's known as, you know it, the 80-20 rule or the law of the vital few. You see, 80% of our success comes from only 20% of our activities. That's true in almost all of our lives. For example, Microsoft found that by fixing the top 20% of the most reported bugs in software, 80% of the errors and crashes in a given system would be removed. In business, there's a saying that 20% of clients bring in 80% of revenue. And some say the same holds true in sports and that 20% of the players produce 80% of the total wins, while the other 80% of the players create 20% of the wins. This principle, although interesting when applied to computers, clients, and sports, is crucial to understand your life. You see, most of our progress comes from only a few key things. Success does not necessarily come from doing more things. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of us need to do significantly more than we're doing right now to reach our goals. Nothing brings a goal to pass better than massive action. But having said that, it's easy to get caught in a busyness trap and spend our time on activities that contribute very little to our overall goals while procrastinating the top 10 or 20% of things that are most valuable and important. Everything is not equal. And things which matter most must not be at the mercy of things which matter least. Or in other words, big rocks must not be at the mercy of the small rocks. You know, recently, I read Amazon's 13 Principles of Leadership. They use these principles in recruiting and selecting leaders for their organization. Now, the first principle, and I assume the most important, is customer obsession. They start with the customer experience or customer needs and work backwards. It makes sense. If you put the customer and their needs as job one, you're one thing, then everything else will fall in line. Gary Keller boils the concept of big rocks down to a simple question, which I've used in my life and business hundreds of times, and it is powerful. Here it is. What one thing can you do that by doing it excellently, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? I'll repeat it again. What one thing can you do that by doing it excellently, everything else will become easier or unnecessary? So let's say that this year, you've decided to work on improving your mental and emotional well-being. What one thing can you do that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Well, perhaps the answer is a simple big rock like stay positive. And you soon learn that staying positive doesn't mean you never feel negative emotion. It means that you can move through them quickly because you choose to view the positive side of things. Let's assume your goal is to be a better manager of your team. 
What one thing can you do that by doing it wholeheartedly will make everything else easier or unnecessary? Well, a few years ago as a manager, I asked myself the same question. And here's what I decided. Clearly articulate our goals, strategy, and measures of success. You see, if my team could all buy into the same direction and strategy for getting to our goals, they were smart enough to help us figure out how to get there. At another time as a business leader, I felt the one thing was to find the best, smartest people for my team as possible. And that new talent would bring with it the needed solutions and energy that we needed. As a mother, you may decide that the one thing is to model the behavior you want your children to adopt, whether that is kindness or hard work or anything else. You see, life is not about finding yourself or unearthing some hidden talent as much as it is creating yourself. And the way you create yourself is finding the big rocks in your life. The one thing that you can do wholeheartedly that will lead to your end goal. Now, to help you with this effort to find the one thing, you may have to isolate the areas of your life that matter, your roles in life. And for each of those roles, answer the question, what is the big rock that by doing that thing will make everything else easier? In your physical health, what's the one thing? In your work life right now, what's the one thing? In your finances, what's the big rock? Is it saving, getting your investment strategy started, decreasing your spending, increasing your income? There's likely one thing for your job, relationships, and mental well-being that will make all the difference. So can you see the power of focusing on the one thing? You know, great leaders understand the big rock strategy and the power of the one thing. Look at spiritual leaders. Jesus Christ said, love God with all your heart and love others as well. That was the one thing. Those were the big rocks, so to speak. And you can see that most spirituality and good in life would happen if we just focused on those big rocks and did them really well. Philanthropic leaders, Bill and Melinda Gates, were trying to decide what to do with their massive wealth. And they asked the question, what one thing could we do to fight poverty, disease, and inequity in the world? And the answer wasn't sexy, but it was doable. Eradicate malaria. Malaria accounts for half of the missed days in African schools. And last year, over 400,000 people, mostly poor people, died from malaria. Malaria-free countries have five times the economic growth than countries with malaria. And every $1 invested in malaria prevention returns $40 in economic growth. So the Gates went about making it happen. They made great progress focused on one thing. Can you see that a singular focus helps us in many ways? Vivek Ranandiva grew up in Mumbai, India. At age 16, he was accepted to MIT and would later attend Harvard Business School. And after starting several tech companies, Vivek was asked to coach his daughter's basketball team. Well, he'd never played basketball, but he had played soccer. So he went to work to apply what he knew about soccer and business to basketball. And it occurred to him that his daughter's team was not very good, and they would likely never be very good. And he realized the basketball court is 94 feet long, but each team only actively defends the 24 feet in front of the basket. The offense lazily walks the other 70 feet, dribbling the basketball uncontested. 
And that would never happen in soccer, he thought. So he found one thing they could do well and changed the game. Instead of conventional basketball, Vivek's girls ran a full court press every game, all the time. His girls played 94 feet all season long. And why did it work? It worked because when you're the underdog, letting your opponent play the game they trained for is a sure path to defeat. And their opponents had very little practice against a full court press. And when they did get the ball within 24 feet to make a play, they were too exhausted to execute it. Well, years later, Vivek would go on to buy an NBA team. Now he knows basketball. Well, the point is that he brought the skill of finding the big rocks, the one thing to his daughter and her basketball team. So let's say you've identified your one thing or big rocks for 2022. Here's a few simple suggestions now for getting underway. Do that one thing right away. Master the one thing early in the year. Don't wait or delay. The sooner you get after the one thing, the easier everything else gets. Here's a simple example. Let's say you decided that exercise is your one thing to improve your physical health this year. Well, don't delay. Go to the gym every day at the same time. Establish the habit now. And soon it will be easier, your self-esteem will be higher, and your ability to focus on other things will be stronger. If you do this, you'll make progress. Rather than lamenting about your lack of progress towards losing weight, you'll be adding confidence to all you do every day. Make exercise your default setting each day. You know, on most aircrafts and some boats are trim tabs. These are controls that aid you in certain conditions. Let's say that you're flying into a crosswind. You can set your trim on your wings and lock that trim or angle of the flaps so you fly in a straight course and you don't have to keep manually adjusting the trim in those winds to stay level or straight. Likewise, we can set the trim in our day. Things we just automatically do without thinking or effort Free up our minds and confidence and other things needed for the day. So doing what matters most early in the year and early in the day without delay is like setting a trim tab for reaching your goals. Next, our worst enemy is distraction. So when you've decided your one thing, do whatever you have to do to put those big rocks in the front of your mind and activities. Consider this. Let's say you were walking across a rope bridge that was 500 feet in the air. I bet you would stop talking as you walked so you could give it your full concentration. Likewise, when it comes to big rocks, do what you have to do to center on those things when you are doing those things. Distraction robs you of your maximum performance, your inspiration and being at your very best. You know, I've spoken to students in my business school class many times about how to prepare for my class. And I tell them, if you'll put aside TV, phone, and social media, friends, and other distractions, and give yourself wholeheartedly to your preparation, maybe writing things down while you are reading, then you will need less time to learn the subject. You will know the subject better, and you'll feel better about yourself. Your big rock goals need your wholehearted focus. Here's my next suggestion. When it comes to achieving our big goals, I've noticed that in business, relationships, and many other things, we tend to overthink, overplan, overanalyze, and this robs us of the clarity that we need to move forward. 
If you've identified the one thing you need to do to reach your goals, don't wait. Be fully energized by your focus. Too often, analysis and overthinking robs us of our energy. Keep things simple and fun. You need both to keep moving. And in my experience, when we don't overthink things and we keep them simple and we go after them with our very best, we rarely ever regret it. Last, after you've chosen your big rocks, don't look back. Avoid second-guessing or reconsidering when things get hard and giving in when you're tempted to waffle in your effort. It doesn't mean that appropriate times you don't reassess, but every one thing, every big rock, often requires that you punch through the ceiling of discouragement and doubt and even disappointment. Stick with it, and you will find that your one thing, that big rock you were inspired to focus on, will prevail and succeed in the end. You know, one of the strangest yet telling stories in the Bible is about Lot's wife. She's a person mentioned in Genesis 19. Lot was Abraham's nephew, and he lived in the city of Sodom. Lot and his family were told, commanded, to leave Sodom and move on. They had a brighter and better future someplace else. But apparently, Lot's wife kept looking back, longingly wanting to return to the city. Perhaps she was resentful of what she was leaving behind or fearful about taking a step forward into a new life, even though it was to her benefit to move on. As she turned or looked back, the story says she was turned into a pillar of salt. Now, I don't know about all the ins and outs of that story, but what I do know is there are things we must leave behind. Small rocks, like salt, in order to focus on the big rocks. Sometimes that's people or habits, TV time, social media wandering, negativity, and a host of smaller, saltier things. The problem with small rocks is that they're enticing. They're the easy things to do during our day. For example, if you have a big rock to change your eating habits and eat healthy, You may have to leave behind the drive-thru at McDonald's, even though it's quick, easy, and especially convenient when you're busy. Leave what is behind, behind. You will find that you have more energy and positivity in your life when you don't look back at what you're walking away from. Remember, what you dwell on is what you become. Here's what I've noticed. The big rocks we choose are most often inspired. I believe you are not here on this earth or in your family or on your team or even on this podcast by accident. I believe that God is working to help you come to know your purpose and to help you fulfill it in exceptional ways. You have gifts and talents to become remarkable, to make your life remarkable. As you live your life on purpose, you will soon come to know how he can use you and your talents to bless the lives of other people. And the biggest thing you get from focus, from focusing on the one thing or the big rocks of your goals, is inspiration to become the person you can and should become. So as we wrap up today, remember this. The letters in the word focus stand for follow one course until successful. Focusing on the big rocks forces you to think big. And it gives you room to win at one thing before tackling more things. And it allows you to hammer away at what matters most. So in your life study, 
Don't start with the tiny rocks. Set them aside and focus on the one thing that can make everything else easier or unnecessary. As we learned in City Slickers, that one thing is what you have to figure out, and I'm certain you will. Most of all, thanks for being here today. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend and join us next week for another podcast as we learn to open our eyes to who and what we can become.